All right, good morning. Uh, my name is Dwayne Spearman. Welcome to Directional Bible Ministries, a teaching ministry that is called to encourage, disciple, and challenge the people of God. Uh, today is October the 15th, and we are continuing to work our way uh, through the book of Acts. Uh, we have gotten down to um, Acts chapter number 23 in our study today. Um, using a, a different uh, platform with uh, YouTube here this morning. So, um, looks like it's working pretty good. Good morning, Scott. God bless you, brother. Good to see you. Um, works pretty much the same way as Facebook. So, um, anyway, I posted something the other day that Facebook did not like. So, they uh, suspended my ability to post and comment for 24 hours. And um, so... <laughs> Um, I'm, I think I'm about done with, uh, with Facebook. Um, I've already closed my Twitter account. Um, just got to start looking for other platforms. Um, um, YouTube, it works. Um, but, um, I'm also looking at possibly, um, uh, going to something like, I have an account at sermon.net. Um, because right now, every teaching that I have is housed on Facebook and YouTube. So, and you you know as well as I do, they could hit the delete button and they would be gone tomorrow. So, or I could be permanently banned, you know, which um, could happen. Um, they gigged me yesterday twice. They hit me for uh, the post that I made, suspended my account for 24 hours, and then... I uh, put the music on again yesterday, and uh, they banned me from being able to do videos. I still don't understand, or Facebook Live, I I still don't understand how long. Uh, first time it said 24 hours, then it said 30 days, then it said 60 days. So I'm not totally sure about how long that's going to be. But uh, anyway, stay tuned. Either way, I'll still keep coming every day, probably YouTube. Uh, but I am talking to, to some folks at Sermon.net about possibly um, posting or recording from my website. So we'll see, because right now, um, like I said, the videos, the recordings, uh, none of them are in my possession. You know, they're on somebody, you know, they're, uh, like I said, YouTube, Facebook could delete them and they'd be gone forever in a second. So... Anyway, these guys will store them. They belong to me, both audio, video. So anyway, help me think about that. And of course, it involves it, it involves money. Um, YouTube, Facebook are uh, um, they're free. <laughs> um, uh, any other place, uh, you have to pay. And um, you know, this started out as a uh, little ministry here in my my office, um, and now it's you know having to pay things here and there. So, but anyway, help me. I'm going to walk through that. Help me pray about that. Scott, you got nailed too, huh? the fact checkers. Hey, they shut down the New York Post yesterday. So, hey, um, anyway, that's where we're going. I would assume eventually um, something will be done about all that. But for now, we got to navigate through it the best we can. So, um, 
Acts chapter number 23, yesterday we got down, remember Paul now is standing before the council. In Acts chapter number 23, he had been uh, um, taken there by the, uh, by the chief captain, and uh, he began to speak to the council. As soon as he opened his mouth, he, they hit him. Um, and of course, he makes some comments about the... Uh, about uh, the high priest that he didn't know was the high priest. Um, uh, he called him a whited wall that sits in judgment of the law and commands me to be smitten contrary to the law. In other words, you, you're, already accused, you're already treating me like I'm guilty, so you're breaking the law in that I'm reviling you, not realizing who you are and breaking the law. Um, and, of course, Paul said he didn't know that he was the high priest, um, and he quotes, you know, for it is written, you shall not speak evil of the ruler of thy people. <laughs> um, we certainly do break that one today, don't we? Um, and then in verse 6, but when Paul perceived that the one were Sadducees, the other were Pharisees, he cried out on the council, men and brethren, I am a Pharisee, the son of the Pharisee, of the hope of the resurrection of the dead. <clears throat> am I being called into question? Um, Paul was uh, raised a Pharisee. Paul knew very well what the Pharisees believed, and he knew that the Pharisees believed in an afterlife, heaven, hell. He knew that the Sadducees did not, so he set about to divide, to divide the company, and he did it quite well. And when he has said said this, there rose a dissension between the Pharisees and the Sadducees, which was exactly what he wanted. And the because the Sadducees say there's no resurrection. Uh, but the, or angels or spirits, afterlife, but the Pharisees confessed both. And there arose a great cry, and the scribes that were the Pharisees part arose and strove, saying, We find no evil in this man. So immediately they sided with Paul, because Paul was on their team. But if a spirit or an angel has spoken to him, let us not fight against God. So they immediately sided with, with Paul. And then there arose a great dissension, and the chief captain, now here's our hero, uh, he steps back in, fearing lest Paul should have been pulled in pieces of them, uh, commanded the soldiers to go down and take him out by force. And the night following, the Lord stood by him and offered Paul um, some comfort. And he says, be of good cheer, you know, for you have testified me in Jerusalem, and now you're going to bear witness of me in Rome. And when it was day, uh, some Jews bound themselves together, and they decided, you know what? There's about 40 of them. We're going to kill Paul. And until we do, we're not going to eat. We're not going to drink until he's dead. But this came um, to the attention of his sister's son. And his sister's son took this information to the chief captain. And he informed the chief captain of what was going on. And in verse 17, then Paul called one of the centurions and said unto him, Bring this young man unto the chief captain, for he has a certain thing to tell him. So he brought him to the chief captain, and, and uh, he says, He's got something to say unto thee. And the chief captain took his hand, went aside privately, and said, What do you have to tell me? And then, of course, he began to tell him that the Jews have agreed to desire thee that you would bring Paul down tomorrow into the council. And they want to inquire somewhat of him more perfectly. In other words, they want to fill in some of the details in regards to what's going on. But don't yield to them, for they lie in wait for him. Of them, more than 40 men, which have bound themselves there with an oath. 
and they will neither drink nor eat until they've killed him. And now they are ready, looking for a promise from thee. So they're wanting to hear back from you. So the chief captain then let the young man depart and charged him, See thou no man thou, that thou tellest uh, has showed these things to me. In other words, don't tell anybody what you've just just told me. Um, and I think I mentioned yesterday Machiavelli. <laughs> Machiavelli, I've read Machiavelli, of course, in, in history classes, but Machiavelli said that uh, uh, the only way a conspiracy can go off without a hitch uh, is it, it must go through three stages. It must go through initiation, the plot itself, and the period after the plot. Um, and, of course, one of his rules was uh, you cannot tell anyone what you're doing until the last minute. Um, but, of course, Machiavelli didn't write until the 1500s, so these guys didn't read the book yet. Um, so, fortunately, God, God's providence for Paul, in other words, God had an opinion. You've heard me say you know, you're immortal until God is through with you. Uh, God had a plan for Paul, and this was not going to happen. He already told him, you testified me of Jerusalem, and now you need to testify of me in Rome. No safer place to be than in the perfect will of God, and no more dangerous place to be than out of the will of God, in my opinion. And I have experienced that in my life as I have traveled up and down throughout South and Central America. Uh, when you're in the will of God, there's just a, it's not an arrogance, but it's a confidence that, you know what, God has called me to do this, and if I go, I'm going to go doing His will. That's no better place to be. Uh, it's like uh, Esther when she said, if I perish, I perish. <laughs> you know, I'm going to do what God told me to, told me to do. And um, so God had plans for Paul. So God providentially intervened. Um, and also I pointed out how amazing is this captain in Paul's life. I mean, I later on we're going to find out his name. Actually, Tertullius is going to reveal his name to us, but uh, I can't help believe that this captain may have been converted uh, to the faith. He spent so much time with Paul. Of course, the Bible doesn't say, um, but um, obviously he played a big part here in the past few chapters in regards to Paul. And then notice in verse number 23, and he called on him two centurions and said, make ready 200 soldiers to go to Caesarea and the horsemen threescore and 10 and spearmen See there, I am in the Bible. 200 at the third hour of the night. And provide them beasts that they may set Paul on him and bring him safe unto Felix, the governor. So that was a pretty huge escort. So there's no doubt this chief captain was taking this threat very seriously. And in verse 25, and, and he wrote a letter after this manner. Claudius Lysias unto the most excellent governor, Felix. So here's his name, Claudius Lysias. And Tertullian will also mention his name as well. So this is the first time we've learned, other than just chief captain, unto the most excellent governor, Felix, sendeth greeting. So Claudius Lysias was the chief, um, apparently, um, um, the chief law enforcement officer in Jerusalem. Um, so 
and he's writing unto the governor, Felix, and he says, This man was taken of the Jews and should have been killed of them. Then came I with an army, and I rescued him, um, having understood that he was a Roman. And when I would have known the cause, wherefore they accused him, I brought him forth unto unto their counsel. Um, and then verse 29, whom I perceived to be accused of questions of their law, but to have nothing laid to his charge worthy of death or of bonds. And when it was told me how that the Jews laid wait for the man, I sent straightway to thee and gave commandment to his accusers also to say before thee what they had said against him farewell. So he gives a brief recount of what had happened and how he had handled it. Uh, Understand that at this point, the Romans could have cared less how the Jews handled their religious issues. They didn't want to get involved in their religious issues. Pilate didn't want to get involved in what was going on with Jesus. Um, They really did not care uh, what the Jews did in regards to their religion. However, when it crossed over into civil matters, uh, that was Roman territory. And they knew that, and the Jews knew that. Uh, That's why the Jews would run uh, to the Romans if they didn't just break out and kill somebody out of, you know, just hastiness. They would normally go to the Romans trying to get some kind of civil matter settled. Um, And then in verse 31, Then the soldiers, as it was commanded them, took Paul and brought him by night to Antipatris. Uh, and on the morrow, they left the horsemen to go with him and return to the fort or castle. And when they came to Caesarea and delivered the epistle to the governor, presented Paul also before him. And when the governor had read the letter, he asked of what province he was. And when he understood that he was of Cilicia, I will hear thee, said he, when thine accusers are also come. And he commanded him to be kept in Herod's judgment hall. Again, notice that. Felix wanted to confirm that he was a Roman uh, when, he, when Paul told him that he was from Cilicia. Again, Paul playing that Roman citizenship card. Uh, again, he was uniquely qualified to do that above the other 12. And, of course, he was the only one that was called to the Gentiles. Uh, so what's the old expression? Um, God doesn't call the equipped. God doesn't necessarily call the equipped, but he equips the called. So he had a plan for Paul, and he knew that Paul needed to have that dual citizenship, if you will, in order for him to be effective among the Gentiles, and that's what Paul did. Now, in verse number, chapter number 24, And after five days Ananias the high priest descended with the elders and with a certain orator named Tertullius, um, who informed the governor against Paul. Now, who is Tertullius, um, or Tertullus? Uh, He was apparently an orator. Uh, That word orator is where we get the word uh, rhetoric. Um, He was was going to serve as the prosecuting attorney, if you will, against Paul. Um, My next question is why. Uh, His name is clearly Roman. It seems that the Jews hired him to make their case. Uh, Barnes, Albert Barnes, points out that it was most likely because they were ignorant of Roman law 
and needed his help to make their accusations stick. Uh, of course, they they knew their own law. They, you know, they had already accused uh, Paul of breaking with the law of Moses and teaching that their children shouldn't be circumcised and breaking with the customs. But the Romans didn't care anything about that. They needed to hire somebody who was a Roman who was familiar with their law because they wanted to get Paul convicted uh, by the Romans. So they brought Tertullus in. And when he was called forth, Tertullus began to accuse him. Um, that word is where we get the word slander, a name for the devil, by the way, the slander. They begin to accuse him, saying, See that by thee we enjoy great quietness, and that very worthy deeds are done unto this nation by thy providence. Notice he is <laughs> he's putting those rhetorical skills to, uh, to, uh, to use by schmoozing up uh, to Felix. Uh, and we accept it always as in all places, most noble Felix with all thankfulness, notwithstanding that I be not further tedious unto thee. He probably saw he was losing uh, Felix's attention. I pray thee that thou wouldest hear us of thy clemency a few words. So he's buttering up the judge. He's getting ready to make these accusations against Paul. And in verse 5, for we have found this man... This is where I'm going to break it down. A pestilent fellow. Um, and as you can see, the King James, uh, the translators were very faithful in the fact that if they added a word that was not in the original for clarification, they would italicize the word. So you can see they literally said, for we have found this man pestilent. That's all they said. But the King James translators, in all honesty and transparency to the text, uh, we have found this man a pestilent fellow. Of course, we don't do that today in our modern translations. Of course, of course you couldn't. They would have to be pretty much all written in uh, italics. <laughs> That's why I prefer a word-for-word -word translation of the Bible, to be honest with you. And not a fan. The older I get, the more hard-headed I become, you know, in regards to that issue. Um, you know, it doesn't matter what translation people have. They don't read it anyway, obviously. Um, but um, we have found this to be a pestilent fellow, a mover of sedition among all the Jews throughout the world, and a ringleader of the sect of the Nazarenes, who also hath gone about to profane the temple whom we took and would have judged according to our law. Um, and, of course, he's speaking on behalf of, um, of the Jews. Um, so he lays out his accusations. He begins to accuse, and he begins to slander Paul uh, of being a pestilent fellow, number one, a mover of sedition among the Jews, number two, and a ringleader of the sect of the Nazarenes. So let's break that down. First, they accuse him of being a pestilent fellow. The word literally means pestilence. Is what, it means a plague. It means a, a disease. Uh, the accusation seems to be that Paul was a corrupting influence among the Jews. He was bringing death um, with his teachings. Of course, this goes back to the original accusation 
that uh, said that he was teaching them to forsake the law of Moses, not circumcise their children, not walk in the custom. So they're saying this guy, Paul, is a pestilent fellow. He's a disease. He's a plague. He's, he's a corrupting influence on the Jews. Also, they are accusing him of being a mover of sedition among the Jews. Uh, literally, this means he is sowing dissension among the Jews. Again, the accusation is that he was teaching doctrines that were contrary to the laws and the customs of Moses. He is sowing dissension, you know, much like uh, the progressive left in our culture today. <laughs> the last accusation is interesting in that uh, you just wouldn't get it as a casual reader. I certainly didn't get it. But the last accusation is that they accused him of being a ringleader of the sect of the Nazarenes. Now, the word ringleader uh, means one standing first in the ranks. Uh, one standing first in the ranks. Um, let me see. If you go back to, let's see, 24... Yeah, where am I at? Twenty-four, five, and six. Um, his he's a ring leader. Uh, let me get back to where they assistant. Here we go, ring leader. Uh, if you go to the KJV plus, uh, it says uh, he's a ring leader. Um, one standing first in the ranks, the champion, a champion. So what they're, they're saying of him here is that he is the primary instigator in this whole thing. Uh, he's the one that started it. <laughs> he, was, he is the cause. He is the ringleader of what? A sect. A sect would, would, would refer to a minority, if you will. But what's interesting is that that word sect... Um, literally is the word heresy. So he is the primary person first in line of this in regards to this heresy of the Nazarenes. Uh, of course, the Nazarenes is a reference to those who followed the Nazarene, which is Jesus. So they are accusing him of being the ringleader of this heretical group that follows this Jesus guy. Uh, that's what they are accusing Paul of. And then verse 7, but <clears throat> the chief captain, but the chief captain Lysias came upon us and with great violence took him away out of our hands, commanding his accusers to come unto thee by examining of whom thyself mayest take knowledge of all these things whereof they accuse him. So now we see uh, the chief captain's name uh, is L L Lysias. Lysias. Um, and then Tertullus pretends that they would have judged Paul righteously if Lysias had not intervened. But we all know 
that was not true. They were going to kill Paul. They were going to tear him apart. They were screaming away with this man. They were ripping off their clothes and throwing dirt in the air. I just couldn't imagine. But you kind of see this a little bit when you watch, um, you know, like funerals and things like that in the Middle East how they respond to things like that. I mean, they start spitting and all kinds of stuff. So um, he's lying. I mean, we know exactly what they would have done to Paul if Lysias had not intervened. And Lysias had intervened. He started intervening on behalf of Paul back in uh, chapter number 21 uh, when uh, Paul, when he pulled Paul away from him and he took him into the fortress and um, <clears throat> he uh, assumed that Paul was the Egyptian that had stirred up the insurrection and 400 were killed and 200 were taken captive and the, the Egyptian himself escaped. So Lysias had been with Paul for quite some time now. So, all right, uh, next time we get together, and again, we'll be on uh, YouTube for a little while. Uh, I've got a meeting today with uh, a platform sermon, I think sermons.net, I think is the name of it. Um, I'm going to talk to them just a little bit, get some pricing uh, in regards to how I can store these things um, and where I can uh, uh, do the uh, presentations, the live presentations. So I'm going to be talking to those guys today. So help me pray about it. Uh, I have no idea. You know, the, the, the hardest thing is just, you know, just, uh, you know, paying for storage and the platform and things like that. So I'm going to I'm going to look into that. So um, Lord willing. Uh, uh, we'll keep doing this every morning, 6.30. I'll be back tomorrow on YouTube. I will have uh, commenting and posting um, um, privileges, uh, matter of fact, in about an hour. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I think I'm pretty much done with it, um, with Facebook. I just, I, I've went over onto Parler. Um, but, you know, I don't know that many people. You know, the same thing with something like MeWe. Uh, they are alternatives to Twitter and to uh, Facebook. But, you know, maybe if conservatives just um, said, hey, on this date, we're all going to switch. Uh, but uh, they haven't done that yet. So uh, I'll, every everybody I know uh, is on is on Facebook. So but anyways, uh, we shall see. Uh, tomorrow we'll pick up in verse number nine, uh, when the Jews also assented and said these things were so. So, uh, and then of course we're going to find Felix wants to talk to him just a little bit more. So we'll talk about tomorrow. Hope you have a great day. Good to see you, um, um, Engineer Seven Seven Five. Not used to seeing you like that, but uh, God bless you. Have a great day, and I'll see you tomorrow morning at uh, six thirty, Lord willing. <laughs>